Is it recording? Okay, recording now. Um, you wanna? You do it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Necessary and Proper podcast. Um, may it please, please the court. court. Um, I'm Grace. That's Isabella, and yeah. today she'll let you know what we're talking about. Well, first, first, I just wanted to kind of briefly mention uh, one of the opinions. That we've gotten back, um, that one of the cases that I talked about the second to last episode, um, uh, Hson versus Lawfer, um, and basically I was right. Yes, you were. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole case was kind of moot. Who did the Who did the opinion again? It Barrett. Was Barrett. Yeah, Barrett, and then the second one. Thomas and yeah. um, Jackson. That might be true. Yeah, but either way, they kind of they kind of said the same. It kind of was all the same thing, and yeah. they were kind of like, "Well, we look forward to maybe resolving this issue with a, um, a you know, future case." But right yeah. now, it's not, and it's not a what's the word like at? It's not a consequential issue for mm-hmm. this direct case because it's not active um, yeah the case wasn't a good vehicle for no and it didn't really seem like anyone who was involved in it really cared that much about resolving it um i don't know if that's fair to say but it just wasn't that important to yeah for so the this, court yeah the circuits will and remain divided why um, do we need to give the court um why do we need to give the court more work? They already have so much. I know. Um, <laughs> How can Jenny I love that that happy? was the I love that that was one of uh, Barrett's like points. And <laughs> she's like, if this isn't like a direct issue, an at challenge issue, then like, why are you giving us this? exactly? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, but that was good to. That was good to see. Um. Yeah, I figured that would be the outcome when I saw they released that opinion. Right, because it yeah, yeah it was came like, so early. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of these cases, like the one the one you talked about last episode, probably won't hear back until what is it like June? Well, maybe? they want it to be done as early as possible. Uh, yeah, because of the twenty twenty four election and redrawing and all right. that. Yeah, but I've, it's gonna take a while. Yeah. I feel like this one that I'm talking about today isn't going to be until um, June, but it is like a pretty, pretty important issue. And it's definitely one of the most talked about cases that has happened so far this term um, because it deals with Second Amendment and Second Amendment um, rights and laws are always a very hot issue. Um, And once again, while I was researching this case, I accidentally kept on watching and getting my information from gun advocacy <laughs> <laughs> and the Federalist Society. They, they, I got to give it to them. They, like, <laughs> they make some really well done infographic videos. <laughs> and um, I am a lady that likes my information to be given to me visually. Um, so yeah. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I I did consult several different sources, and of course consulted uh, kind of lazily the briefs. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to really just be referencing the oral arguments a lot here because it was definitely the most uh, interesting oral argument that I've uh, listened to so far this term. Um, I wanted to bring one thing up. All right. So because it was very talked about, I even saw people like reposting the, because there were protests going on when yeah. they were hearing or demonstration, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. If it's, um, but like people that I follow on Instagram, like just ran a, like with the people that like posting all the infographics. Like, right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I guess, but like, I'm, it's not like, like if you just listen to the oral argument, like it does does I guess what I should say is like does standing outside the Supreme Court with a sign is that going to alter the justice's decision? Well, n- no, but I think I think that you I no, but I think that you'll 
agree with me, especially like after um, I kind of explain more that the consequences of this decision should be talked about. And so I think that that's the important um, thing, Uh, especially because the case, the case that this, um, the decision that this case sort of lie is on the shoulders of is uh, Bruin. Mm -hmm. And that, case was pretty recent i think it was just uh 2020 um Mm -hmm. but yeah that case has had major consequences and i think people want to make those uh consequences known exactly and they okay yeah tell me i'm so so excited okay so bruin was actually from the this case is um the united states v rahimi um and it Bruin was actually, so in order to understand this case, um, anyone first has to understand Bruin, which was actually the 2021-22 term. Um, But Bruin was a super interesting case uh, that was about the, it was the New York State and Rifle Association um, versus Bruin. And basically, it all happened when this guy wanted to keep a rifle in his home as self-defense. And the Second Amendment explicitly says the right to keep and bear arms. And then he was saying, like, I think it was that he was saying, well, can I just bring my rifle out with me? And um, it's public carry is an is like a right that is very is granted very differently in different states like Mm -hmm. some states some states have shall carry restrictions some states have may issue states and they all require like different um different qualifications or like yeah. So the state to, gets to decide like how they want the states yeah, to but open uh, versus closed carry. Some of them are um or concealed carry. Okay, so at least with public carry, um you public carry most states obviously prefer concealed carry. Um because if you are just gonna like carry a weapon around, um it it can you know, obviously cause people to be a little bit nervous to see, like, <laughs> a gun um, in someone's holster at all times. But, yeah, um, so most states require, like, a permit or a license. Um, but may issue states, which is what New York is, you have to show proper cause in order to get the permit. So you have to show that you have some kind of heightened need for self-defense, um, and, uh, and the justices, the majority, um, especially Justice Thomas questioned, um, how licensing officials, uh, like what their, he questioned their discretion in the May issue states, um, and, uh, thought that they were kind of like stringent and arbitrary requirements that were kind of unconstitutional. So, um, yeah, it was a six justice majority and they found the May issue regime in New York unconstitutional. And so, um, yeah, it's put a lot of like the restriction, the gun restrictions in May issue states into question. Like it's basically reaffirmed the second amendment. Everyone has the right to, Mm -hmm. Um, keep and bear arms uh, and has just kind of invalidated any like um, codified restrictions Mm -hmm. against that and um, shall issue states uh, are still they're still pretty objective but um, but it's more cut and dry like it's not so much to the it's not so much to like the licensing officials discretion. It's like, you have to show that you have to, you have to have like clear moral deficiencies, um, to yeah, be issued, 
um, to be restricted mm-hmm. from issuing a firearm. Okay. So Rahimi, Rahimi basically is a difficult case because Bruin set this really steep originalist precedent um, about like restricting the mm-hmm. right to bear arms. Yeah. Um, and this case is this case is good because the guy who the guy who this case um, the petitioner Rahimi, right? yeah is a real piece of shit yeah yeah <laughs> he um the facts of the case are basically his name Zaki Rahimi was involved in like a basically a crime spree between December 2020 and January 21. Mm. He did like a bunch of shootings. Uh, I th- uh, he was also a drug dealer mm. and he did like a hit and run. Um, mm. And while this was happening and while he was just like shooting at people, he was also under a civil protective order for an alleged assault on his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, accused of domestic violence not charged for it yeah um, but but under a 1994 federal law um gun ownership is banned for anyone who has a domestic violence restraining order against them so when his house was searched after his string of violent offenses and guns were found he was also indicted for illegal possession of a firearm. And um, that was upheld by a different Fifth Circuit court case, which was United States v. McGinnis. Um, So he pled guilty, but he was actually in the process of appealing his sentence when Bruin happened. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Bruin gave Rahimi um, some ground basically to argue that McGinnis was overruled and therefore that the whole 1994 gun law was unconstitutional. And the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with him. So I have a question, because when I was seeing this case, I heard that Bruin literally says... um, you have to have clear it needs to it needs to have like clear historical proof yeah um, yeah that's that's the whole like kind of dangerous precedent that bruin set is that it, there has to be a historical analog um for like restricting someone's right to bear keep and bear arms which sucks for those that aren't like a white male well yeah okay okay sorry sorry but also like it's that is a complicated issue because the the um the solicitor general brings it up a lot um in her arguments katanji brings it up a lot Mm. um but Basically, when you're looking at um, the like historical framework, you're solely looking at the at the member, the group of society that made up society as it was defined. So basically, and that means like political rights, citizen rights, and basically, you know, certain groups back then, uh, Native Americans, black slaves. Mm-hmm weren't a part of society as it was defined by um, citizens' rights. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's complicated. So when you're looking back on, when you're trying to get, uh, like, a, like, historical framework for new cases, you th- that whole thing, like, isn't considered mm-hmm. because you're just focusing on what you're focusing on the basic idea of society at the time exactly but it is it is uh it is really interesting to think about and uh katanji definitely like brings up some good points so like domestic violence there's no i'm assuming wasn't like a huge no issue in law of like no seeing men as like bad if like it's usually in the past 
Well, yeah, there were just different, obviously, like, different cultural and, um, like, law-written views on domestic violence. And Mm -hmm. um, so there's no direct, there's no, like, direct twin historical analog for this case exactly, which is a major point of contention. But I'll um, also, like... I was thinking, similar to the case we talked about last episode, um, in regards to, like, social media and how, uh, you know, there's new technology, right? So now that brings up assault rifles, right? That's not something that was around back then. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, exactly. I mean, that's the interesting thing. It opens up a gate. That's the interesting thing is that they didn't even have handguns at the time like they didn't really have handguns that they were all talking about rifles at the original time that these laws were written um and maybe uh, handguns would be considered um you know more of an unusual and a weapon with like clear danger but um yeah it's it that's interesting that gets brought up by um uh Prologger was it the Solicitor General. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I do really like her. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they had the actual Solicitor General there today. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. No, it was great, and she's she's just incredible. <laughs> love her. I yeah. really love her. She's so she's just so good at making her arguments. She's so quick, um, and I always I always understand what she's saying. Whereas mm-hmm. like the um, the uh, uh, respondent guy like was just didn't make sense. Um, I hate when that happens because that's been happening a lot recently when I'm listening to certain oral arguments and it's yeah. like, dude, like, please just. Yeah. Like you're almost there. Sometimes I get angry and I'm like, how? Yeah. Okay. So basically to sum it up, the whole case, as Bruin set the precedent for, is just kind of exploring and deciding whether certain gun restrictions can be upheld by questioning if they're consistent with the history and tradition of the Second Amendment and the time in which it was ratified. So the Fifth Circuit found that Section 922, um, that law that I mentioned, mm-hmm. is just facially unconstitutional because the founding generation didn't disarm domestic abusers in particular. Um, and Prologger, our beautiful lady, Solicitor General, um, she basically, okay, she starts by arguing that it's only constitutional for people who are proven to be law-abiding and responsible to carry guns. Um, and she then... The first part of um, the questions for her from the justices all had to do with like the definitions of some of her the terms that she uses so it's only constitutional for people proven to be law-abiding and responsible but she also says um like uh she says that to mean that they don't present any danger by using firearms and that's been proven so uh, justin thomas first question um immediately asked what what law and law abiding and responsible um means and then he starts posing kind of like nonsensical hypotheticals about what might make someone law abiding or deems them responsible like he was like well so say someone doesn't store their guns properly um like does that make them should you take their Mm -hmm. guns away for that and she's like well also that's a that would be a civil like that's not uh that's not really comparable to the case at hand isn't it also also, private property i guess you can't really well i think i i don't know gun laws yeah i I think there are some kind of like i don't know what they are but there's like (laughs) there's like rules about what makes you a responsible gun owner you know Mm -hmm. um but are but are they legally enforced? I I have no idea. No worries. Okay. <laughs> um. So, also, th- 
a lot of people are questioning like the language that's used in this case because because it's like a case about originalism and the original framework um the language is what's really being dissected and for logger is also is like arguing that all of the language that she uses comes directly from the language that the court has articulated in um, previous important Second Amendment cases like Heller, McDonald, and Bruin. Um, so the question gets asked, how does the government go about uh, showing whether certain behavior qualifies as dangerous if dangerous is going to be one of the um, ways of district restricting um, rights to bear arms? And... Um, did they ever bring up, um, all right, someone does something right. Okay. Um, and uh, they're, char they're charged but not convicted yet, and they pay their bail, but it was a violent felony. Are they allowed to have a gun? Um, I, think, I, think that that, I think that that gets decided by the court. But, but they haven't gone to court yet. I, huh, right, so, like, I know, I know, I think, um, also background I think check, that must be the, <laughs> I think that must be, yeah, that must be how it goes, right, because if you, if you, like, beat someone, and then, or, like, you, let's say you, like, try to kill someone with a gun, and then you make bail, like, yeah, but they're not going to let you like go back to your guns. I don't know. That can't be. Uh, yeah. Happens. Uh, but also just a disclaimer, do background check. Cause a lot of people are out on bail all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> Side note. Just in case, you know, you never know who someone is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you never know who the person you're interacting with might, might be facing some serious jail time. Exactly. Um, Prison. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, um, so, uh, Jackson immediately starts, she poses a lot of questions that, um, really question the, um, what is it called? Like the, uh, the like approach to, um, the traditional, the approach to like looking at the traditions and practices yeah. of the, um, time when the law is written and she was uh uh like how is it enough to say that dangerous people should be disarmed if domestic abusers um like weren't considered dangerous back then which is what you asked and then also Alito started asking a bunch of like really ridiculous questions that seem to just kind of distract from the main point. Um, mm -hmm. He first was asking, well, judges often don't have the investigative resources, so they can, like, what if, let's say, what if someone, what if a couple gets into a domestic dispute? They um, both go to court and they're both accusing each other. It's a he said, she said yeah. situation. And the judge is just like, F it. I'm putting orders against both of you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that kind of thing happens all the time. What if that happened? Like, <laughs> you can't. It's this. He, a lot of, um, a lot of his arguments and that of Gorsuch and also um, Kavanaugh are that it's a really slippery slope to just start like taking these gun rights away just because of like a civil order. You yeah. Know? What about um, not like, did they ever bring up where it was like not an indefinite order, but like a specific yes, piece of time? Yes. Because they, like, yeah, yeah. Well, actually how it goes is that if, if the, um, the restriction, um, to own guns only lasts for five years, right? Or only lasts for the amount of time that uh, the order is in place. But what if she has a domestic? You can have a restraining order for your whole life. Yeah, you can. Which is which is an Probably issue that comes yeah. that gets brought up in this case, but one that um, Prologger says is just a different challenge for the court. It is not. It is not directly relevant to this mm -hmm. case um, because this case is 
directly concerning the fact that his guns were taken away at the time that he had an order. It was, it's not about like, it's, it's not about the actual, you, you know, it's not, it's not directly yeah. concerning the facts of this case. I um, just know that like, if you are placed under a psychiatric hold, you can't. So that's like, if you're a threat to yourself or others, yeah. then you can't own a gun for five years. Right. Makes sense. And so, well, because that she brings that up tr- up too, which is why like, um, which is why the language is uh, people who might pre- like present as dangerous and or unresponsible because even though a mentally ill person might not seem dangerous per se, you can't give a mentally ill person a gun because that could cause dangerous situations. Exactly. Um, and But that is like implemented right away. That's why I don't understand I just, maybe I'm just, I might be wrong about this whole bail situation, but if you're not convicted of a crime. But this isn't, this isn't about bail because this is a civil order. This case is like, this case is about a civil order. He was never, he was never sentenced for, or like charged with Oh, he didn't get, oh, okay. No, this was just a civil order where she um, alleged that he had, um, uh, hurt her yeah and that she was like and i'm scared of him because he threatens me with guns <laughs> it um, makes sense yeah so um prologue she also she also wanted to clear up alita's point that um uh in at least in his county there were 522 requests for protective orders and only 289 were granted because uh, like the fact that this was a civil case and it's a pretty the the record of it is pretty thin a few of the justices including thomas kind of bring up that how can we even know the validity of these claims 100%. and if these claims are so flimsy then that's that's a problem when you're taking away a major right um a major constitutional right um, and then Alito gives a weird hypothetical about, um, what if, what if the person who the protective order was filed against, so like, what if Zaki Rahimi, <laughs> what if Zaki Rahimi was in danger at some point and their only recourse to protect themselves was to possess a firearm and take their chances at prosecution, um, yeah, and uh, Prologger was kind of just like, well, that's that's not my circus, not my monkeys <laughs> with this exact case, because uh, that's just not... A lot of... One of the reasons like these arguments were so confusing is that there were so many hypotheticals being brought mm-hmm. up that didn't directly deal with the facts of this case. Um, yeah. And isn't like all of this case, going back to like, the way Bruin was written and how dangerous that is. So like, yeah. why are they even trying to discuss, um, like the, what I find in like a lot of like the bigger cases is during the oral arguments, they're not even really even discussing the case or trying to figure out like the test to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, why are, yeah, that's, that's true. That's not as true in this case as it is deciding whether, whether there needs to be um, a direct historical analog. And um, so Prologar, she, all of those like random hypotheticals and things that are thrown up out, she um, calls like any due process failures and, uh, and just addresses that they are subject to a separate challenge and addresses the first three errors that a lot of um, lower courts are making as a direct result of Bruin. Um, three errors in their uh, decisions on um, cases involving gun restrictions. Mm -hmm. So, number one, courts have embraced the idea that the only thing that matters under Bruin is regulation. So, in other words, you can't look at all of the other sources of history. You're just looking at how this exact issue was regulated. Um, And also the level of generality at which they're 
kind of parsing the historical evidence. So there's very, um, uh, there's the like minute differences between how a regulation operated in 1791 or in the decades after that um, and how section 922 that law mm -hmm. um, operates today are like kind of not uh, kind of like not parallel yeah um and uh she emphasized that constitutional interpretation should use history and regulation only to define only to identify principles mm -hmm. and that these principles um are the enduring principles that should define the scope of the second amendment right today yeah so for example like you were bringing up there's no direct there's no direct regulations or restrictions back then keeping um domestic violence abusers from like holding guns but there were restrictions on people who were defined as dangerous from holding mm -hmm. guns you know um like it there were there were entire groups of people that couldn't have guns there were the loyalists um mm -hmm. the there were all of these like laws, like the uh, Afray laws, like about mm. having like a gun and scaring people in public. There were a lot of, there were a lot of laws intended to like keep society safe as a whole yeah. from the use of gun violence, um, which though things were different back then mm -hmm. and they like, weren't assault weapon, uh, rifles or yeah and even this wasn't but like wasn't it more like musket or I'm, I'm i don't know much about guns but like it's not like were guns back then like as the, or they were lethal yeah but they weren't they weren't as scary yeah <laughs> They didn't um, come with a laser. <laughs> yeah, so basically like the lower courts are just placing a dispositive weight on the absence of regulation in a circumstance where there's no reason to think that that was due to constitutional concerns. Yeah. That was just because of a difference in reality. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, and also that uh yeah, I I thought that her point makes a lot of sense and that she was actually able to frame originalism really well. And she was, like, bringing up stuff from, like, England. Okay, like that's was, what I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, it was super cool. Like, I didn't know that they do that. Yeah. Obviously, they're, obviously, they're looking at, like, um, how the framers were thinking about laws. But in order to do that, they're looking yeah. at, you know the heartland exactly <laughs> uh, yeah um, that was gonna be my question is like are they pulling yeah and actually in land. england there were um clear restrictions clearer restrictions on um owning uh on gun regulations for like certain groups of people who had you know certain dangerous proclivities and stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, Matthew J. Wright spoke on behalf of the respondent. His argument, like, if, if I thought that her way of, like, framing, like, Bruin with the Constitution with this case was confusing i just like <laughs> had no idea what he was talking about most of the time and even and he like was always getting away from his argument and there's some <laughs> points where i was like you're arguing against yourself right yes now. yes did you listen to that no 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 but that but one of the women when i was doing the social media was i was like wait are you do you realize yeah. what you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. to directly quote um justice barrett when she was listening to him, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he started with his uh, opening remarks were, the danger of any kind of historical inquiry is like a person looking down a well. <laughs> so it feels like what the government is doing is looking down 
the dark well of American history and seeing only the reflection of itself in the 20th and 21st century and saying that's what history shows. So he's pissed off that they're relying on um, Section 922, which is a really recent law. He's saying that like you can't be you can't be both looking at what the original framers um, meant and be relying on this super recent law. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, yeah. And it's then so, he brings up yeah. that the government has yet to find even a single American jurisdiction that adopted a similar ban while the founding generation walked the earth. Um, and uh, like I said, Thomas didn't speak very much, but when he did speak, he was pretty concerned with like the actual, the actual state, the actual state case and the civil case. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to know exactly like what happened? <laughs> like, how did he hurt her? <laughs> um, and uh, I think both Prologger and Wright um, reminded him that really that doesn't even really matter by now. And that's not the yeah. Supreme Court's <laughs> concern. Oh my God. Um, and also that like um, this Wright guy, um, the respondent, he was he brought up a lot of points where it seems like he was trying to argue that a civil ban, like it kind of, I think it's kind of like what you were talking about before. Like if you're put out on bail, but you're not like formally convicted, mm-hmm. like you and you get some rights taken away. Like, is that due process? Yeah. You know, if you're not, you're not yet represented, you're not yet, you know, there's no, um, there's, no like discussion mediation with Mm -hmm. the state it's just suddenly your rights are taken away yeah um yeah so um, oh sorry yeah go ahead i was just thinking like do you think um uh thomas was like doing this as a way because i'm sure he's very pro keeping brewing the way it is um and all of that, but do you... Well, it's, like, his case. That was, like, his case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he messed up there. Um, but um, this is almost, like, he's not even asking, like, what a Supreme Court should be... Like, the justices should be asking, like, in the grand scheme of things. Do you think he does it almost as, like, a... Dis- like a yes. To take up time or whatever? Or I, I don't really... I, I don't know. I don't not... I don't not understand like his questions and why he's asking them. I feel like I feel like he does this thing that also um that also uh Justice Jackson Jack Brown yeah does um where she asks questions that like the other side might um ask as a way of disagreeing with them mm-hmm. so that they can clarify and strengthen their point. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. That makes um, so much sense. Like, like, uh, justice Jackson. Um, sorry. Is it Jackson or Brown? No, it's, it's Jackson. Cause it's Kentonji Brown Jackson. Duh. Okay. Justice, um, Jackson, um, is, at least when I've listened to cases with her and um, General Prologger, she's always like really, she asks like very challenging questions mm-hmm. and like is always really trying to, um, really trying to almost like pretend to counter the argument. Mm-hmm. And also, you could tell that she was pissed off by this whole like, <laughs> like rights and tradition thing. Yeah. And like, she was the one that asked um, the question about um, like history, the history and traditions test that Bruin calls for. Um, I hate the and tradition. Oh, yeah. yeah. She said, I'm a little troubled by having a history and traditions test that also requires some sort of culling of the history so that only certain people's history counts. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? Isn't that a flaw with respect to the test? Um, like, if 
Well, that's when how it, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Right. Was, uh, and also, like, for the, yeah, for these major constitutional questions, for the purpose of the Second Amendment, only the foundational era r- applies. Like, you mm-hmm. can't, the Reconstruction era doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I can't imagine how that must feel, like, yeah. as a judge. You're, yeah. Like, I can't, I really can't imagine. Um, like, originalism is already so <laughs> stupid. And the history and traditions test, I don't get it. Um, but there is, there is a way. There is a way to um, like enact the intentions of the original framers, uh, but like in the way that Prologger was explaining, I think like she, she really highlights the main principles and spirit mm-hmm. of like the regulations and laws that they already had without without like needing specific specific twin laws and regulations yeah, exactly. you know um one second my computer is going to die Um, another good little tidbit or segment of the, um, justices questioning, right, was, uh, all right, let's see. So Wright kept on bringing up, like, all of these, uh, they're called, like, facial challenges. What? Then, like, There. Can you not hear me? But it was just really, like, over here. Okay. No, but you're good. Right. Kept on bringing up, um, like, challenges of self-defense, duress, necessity concerns. Like, people really, it's it's kind of weird for me to think about, but because I don't think about it, but people really feel like they would be if they didn't have a gun like yeah. people really like are like serious about this whole gun thing <laughs> apparently yeah yeah they are With the honestly and also the second amendment was written to to of like keep the government from ta- from like disarming masses of mm-hmm. people you yeah. know like it wasn't written to like protect everyone's right to yeah. a gun which is i i just don't i don't really it's just kind of scary to me how much people think that they have to defend themselves against in this day mm-hmm. and age. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing is I, for, for him being like, Oh my God, like for Alito's question, right. Where it was, um, you were saying that if, if someone came in and you had to do self-defense and you could only do it with a gun, right. Yeah. Less than lethal guns exist. Right. So like get some pepper spray, dude. Exactly. Like, and like that technology wasn't around back then, but like it's at least for the right to self to self defense, I feel like a non-lethal gun could probably do the trick if someone showed up to your house, maybe not. Yeah, well, but, no, but also like you I think you should that's just a consequence. Like you you should absolutely lose the right the so-called right to self-defense when other people need the right to self-defense when they're around you because you're shooting at them exactly um or threatening them with guns yeah like your ex-girlfriend said yeah um so uh yeah gorsis argued that um any of those challenges self-defense duress uh um as applied could be available later for cases um like you can still this they could they could still um side with the um petitioner but um like these issues could still be brought up um uh and um roberts okay so robert asked if you were suggesting that if there's a sufficient showing of dangerousness, then that can be a basis of disarming, even with 
respect to possession in the home. Um, and Wright basically gets a little tripped up and was like, uh, yeah, it would certainly be a last resort type of situation. But if there's sufficient showing of dangerousness, then yes, like guns can be taken away from you. Um, you can be disarmed even if they're just uh, like keep guns. Mm-hmm. And Roberts then is like, well, to the extent that that's permanent, pertinent, you don't have any doubts that your client is a dangerous person, do you? <laughs> and Wright says, Your Honor, I would like to know what dangerous person means. <laughs> and Robert goes back, Well, it means, you know, someone who's, you know, shooting at people. <laughs> start. Um, oh my God. Yeah. They were, um, I think by the end, by the end, the respondent was getting super tripped up. Um, Mm -hmm. and the justices were laughing at him. That's kind of like how it, that's kind of how it started to, um, to conclude. And Kagan was like, your argument is really getting away from you. (laughs) Um, yeah. When they have to help the, um, attorneys out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty embarrassing for him. Yeah, truly. I've seen it happen before, but it's, ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's funny when I'm, like, listening to the oral arguments, um, and I'll be so, like, I'll be like, gosh, well, like, that was a stupid question, Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I'll think that these, att- like, the attorneys always seem, um, like, very, very well prepared mm-hmm. but like i still am so judgmental uh, yeah yeah no i definitely i i feel the same way sometimes like with the last thing when she's like yeah i'm just trying to win my case and it's like yeah girl i know i'm like <laughs> girl this is the supreme like, court <laughs> <laughs> this is about a bigger issue than yeah like, exactly like this it and this case especially like it has it has like major major implications especially if especially if this case is going to require that um that there's like direct historical analogs mm-hmm. um i have a question though yeah is there any possibility that um what they're going to do is amend um Bruin because of this no really no 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 i how, think but like how, how i think the way that they can resolve this because this is really this still is in line bruin was a little bit more clear-cut in that his his right to the states had so much subjective discretion over um uh allowing people to mm-hmm. own guns that that was a that was unconstitutional. Um, but no, but the the part of Bruin that's written that basically says like you have to depend on um, historical evidence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like so was this. Not, sorry. This case, it's this case. I they can still do that. Um, I think what they can say is that the like back then back then there still was need for um like dangerous people um people owning guns couldn't present like mm-hmm. uh like clear and present danger yeah. but even um, if they get that out like right let's just say that they win and they're able to provide that historical evidence right because i'm pretty sure they'll be able to right. what happens yeah, I mean, to that's stop like, that's like yeah. that's that's what it was yeah. back then. Like, not just you could have people had their guns taken away back then. Yeah, no, you know? the, no, I 100% agree. What I'm saying is, what isn't stopping uh, someone about assault rifles or whatever coming forward and presenting another cor- uh, case to the court where it's just kind of like, well, you know, Bruin says this, and it's like, well, are they gonna have to go one by one with gun rules now? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are. Uh, yeah um and especially with like especially of this case um 
if the if the court is in favor of Rahimi, it would like there's like a huge amount, like a huge swath of gun regulations that are pretty recent but are still well established. Mm-hmm. Like a convicted felon can't own a yeah. weapon. That's like from I that's like less than a hundred years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I just it it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But I think what they can say is that like Congress, when the laws are written, Congress can use some like degree of um judgment in determining the modern like sensibility for what counts as like a law abiding mm-hmm. responsible slash dangerous person today you know mm-hmm. but can they say like sorry sorry my i i still have this question is assault rifles uh, there's a lot of things i see like the we're gonna have some more cases in january february about like um the certain technology that you're able to have or not have, right? But if by, based off of Bruin, does that mean that, like, they could go in and be like, oh, it's unconstitutional, or like, oh, like, you're taking away my right because there's no historical evidence. What right? Like, who are you talking? It's like people who own assault rifles? Yeah. Or like, yeah, because certain assault rifles are illegal. Yeah. I I think that that is... Like, I think that that makes sense under the Constitution, though, because it's a new technology. Yeah, but off of Bruin, can't they just quote Bruin and no, say... No, 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 no. It's a completely different case. It's, it's like, a completely different, like, precedent. You know, like, this... That case would be about, like, whether a technology that they didn't have back then... Um, presents the kind of clear and present danger that they had an idea of back then like back then they knew they knew what clear and present danger would be um but they didn't know what kind of technologies we'd have today Mm -hmm. so just because the technology that we have today could be different doesn't mean that like you know it still it still doesn't hold the same degree of like danger that it mm. would back then you know so you can't just quote Bruin no no that's no it's yeah well then that's that's good that was my main concern is like I don't like I don't think so I don't I just think it's I I think there's like bigger I think yeah there's just I I think that this case more is going to deal with the bans that are put on owning guns not on like the specific types of guns but like the bands like well i um you know like say i don't don't really know too much about like criminal law but if you know if you've like let's just say you have a felony charge and it's just drugs let's say let's say you're martha stewart okay can you own a gun is she a felon Yeah. yeah yeah she is yeah you know, like how how is that is any felon mm-hmm. under this constitutional language um, like technically dangerous, no. responsible, yeah. law abiding? Yeah. Well, not law abiding or responsible. Yeah. So. yeah. But the, D- the but not dangerous. Is, yeah, exactly. So it's um, that's interesting. So yeah. where so where do you think this is going to take what do, like? Where were the justices leaning? Um, what do you think are the poss- possible outcomes? Um, I I have no idea, <laughs> but I think I think that the respondent's case really was not as strong as Prologger, and I think that she really explained how the Supreme Court would. <laughs> horribly regret yes (laughs) the decision to side with Rahimi because of the consequences that would ensue yes so if they side with the U.S. does it feel like the gun regulations just are gonna kind of just remain the same or or versus like if they well they're I they're gonna have to contend with all of the like 
cases that have already been brought up, like I, Bruin has just opened like a big can of worms. But yeah, that's why I'm saying, why can't they just like reword Bruin and be like, whoops, made a mistake. Like yeah. because of this case, we now believe that. No, because it's, I, I mean, it's still building on Bruin. Like this yeah, is build a little, but like so much unnecessary work to have all right. these second amendment people up your ass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's um dude, people are people are crazy. Yeah. Um I just like god, why do you need a gun that bad? Like sorry, but if you if you like threaten to kill your girlfriend, you just shouldn't shouldn't have a gun. No. But but then there's a what if you, you I know? I get it. I get <laughs> it. And, like I get the like steep like constitutional slope it can take but i just like i don't i don't care just sorry you don't deserve it like they honestly like just get less less than lethal yeah get some get some pep like i i understand i can understand back then like get a train gun what tranquilizer yeah (laughs) even like a paintball gun like I I I don't I don't know. I don't think our country is already so divided over issues like guns <laughs> that like I don't think that there's going to be this big thing where like the government is just like going to like take away everyone's guns cuz they're scared. Like we we can't we can't come together enough to overthrow our government. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Maybe if we could, then yeah, I would say like, like grab mm-hmm. your guns. But, yeah. Um, but I no. But if the government <laughs> turns on, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so 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 let's just think real quick, right? You got you got the conservatives, you got the liberal judges. We know we we usually on these big landmark cases, Sotomayor. Oh, we haven't talked about her a lot today. I love her. I know. So Tamayor, Kagan, um, and uh, Jackson are all going to rule in favor of the United States, right? Yeah. The way you were talking, it seems like Roberts is over there with them. No, he's not. Roberts isn't? No, Roberts is not. Roberts is not. He just thought that the... That right was talking like a dumbass. He was just... uh, Yeah. All right. Barrett, where's she at? She she loved in Roe v. Wade. She loved the um, the tradition. I thing. thought I thought that Barrett seemed like she was against Rahimi for the government um, because she thought that it made obvious sense that someone who has threatened to kill their girlfriend um, is a dangerous person. Yeah. That's what. That's but that you point. don't need to be convicted. That's the yeah. no. That's the point that she seemed to be making. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alito. Um, God. Ugh. In the middle. Uh, yeah. No, I would. I would say he'd probably be. Um, he'd probably be with the uh, Rahimi. Really? Yeah. So who who is a far far who is the one supporting Rahimi the most? Dude, probably Thomas. Yeah, that's what I figured. Probably Thomas, Kavanaugh, Alito, and then Gorsuch maybe a little bit closer to the middle. Um, and then... Uh, so it's going to come down to Barrett, Barrett and G- Gorsuch, you think? Maybe. Because right now what I have yeah, yeah, yeah. is Kagan, Sotomayor, and Jackson. Thomas, yeah. Kavanaugh, and Alito, right? So there's three yeah, on yeah, each yeah. side. I, I got it. Did I fuck this up? No, but it's it's really like it's so hard to say. Um, Lisa Barrett could be over here. Amazing. Well, you know what? I hope that they rule in favor of the United States um, for just the safety. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also like, got like pieces of shit really shouldn't really shouldn't have their names go to the Supreme Court because they're mad that their guns got taken away. Like, it's I, I, it's an important case. Like, the, yeah, hated hated hearing about this guy. Yeah. Hope that he continues to really reflect on his actions mm-hmm. in f- the federal penitentiary. Well, yeah. Is he still in the federal or he's yeah, out? Yeah, oh, he's yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's not 
they haven't decided yet. No, but also, I mean, he he was he was sentenced for like a bunch of crimes. Oh like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was a drug dealer, he was shooting at people. Then why is he even going with this? Right. Well, that's because I think that he got. I think that it was maybe like ten months or more was added to his sentence of like what ten years. Uh, I think it was seventy six months. Seventy six. That's the, all right, so like eight, seven years, whatever it yeah. is. Whatever it is, he's like bitching about 10 months. Yeah, he is. Because he's a little bitch. <sighs> yeah, maybe like, let's just ban little bitches. I, I know, I know. Hmm. That, that should be one of the... Um, that should be one of the may, may pass... Um, <laughs> like restrictions for owning a gun is like they're like are you a little bitch yeah um, you should pull show me show me the, your text yeah <laughs> <laughs> pull all the ex-girlfriends and like exactly um, be like all right so do you think and everyone oh no he's a little bitch oh okay never mind yeah yeah don't get a gun yeah okay mm. all right thanks for listening where's what Hope is that it that makes sense yeah oh God, I don't know. <laughs> How do they just go to the bot or do you not have the I don't no. have it up, but I think submitting that it's something it like it's submitting the, yeah, it's um uh yeah. Case case submitted. That's not it, but that's uh, yeah. yeah. Well we're submitting this podcast in yeah. um episode submitted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye. bye.